0: To movies, movies, movies on mornings with Bridie Tanner featuring Jack and Andre.
1: (laughs) Welcome. Hey. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) Not much. Here on FBI radio, we've got movies, movies, movies. That's right. Jack and Andre. Hey.
2: First time we're doing it as a threesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting. Charlie's Today Angels. we're, um, we're kind of going to go deep with Kim Farrant, director of Angel of Mine, which is out in theatres this Thursday, which is kind of in a pivot from Father's Day. It's a movie about mothers. So we're giving away tickets to a film. So maybe message in... What's your favourite film about mothers? Mm. Have you got any favourites, Andre? Maddie?
2: I mean, I hate to cut you off, Maddie, but uh, I, I love to love Hate Mummy by Xavier Dolan, which was a film that came out maybe three years ago, and everyone was obsessed with it except for me. Um, and I think I feel like I, I hate fucked it.
0: Yeah, you fully hate fucked that mm. movie. I remember when it came out. Have you got a favourite mum movie?
1: I mean, I don't know if it's technically about mums, but I... Fucking love the mummy. Oh,
0: The mummy, <laughs> the, Dwayne mummy, the Rock, like, mummy, it's a classic.
1: Is. It's a classic bit of bit of uh Egypt, you know.
0: Yeah, rewatching it feels like a really freaky colonial. Movie. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I, just bad. I just said <laughs> bad. I just said Dwayne the Rock,
2: but it's actually who's it's that it's other um, one? Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. That, yeah. yeah, but Dwayne the Rock plays the bad guy and plays the he's, scorpion, and then
0: he has his own scorpion. Mm. which scorpion has King. the most vicious Achilles tendon slicing of any movie, including House of Wax.
2: Oh, Paris Hilton, Get my favourite movie about moms. Oh. <laughs> Get the shoes, baby. Get the shoes. <laughs> the mom's just
0: a house made out of wax. So. Um, yeah.
1: Amazing. Yeah. So, text in 0409 945 945.
2: Double yeah. Passes to Angel of Mine, a, a, a female director Australian, Australian, Australian film by
0: Kim Farron. And we're going to be talking to her about kinks later in the show.
1: Amazing. Movie News.
2: So, first up, we got some exciting news y'all. Black Panther 2 has a release date. It's yeah, not
0: until 2022.
2: I know, but you know, you got to take your time to churn the potion, get the right elements together. Just date. it's re- it's 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 really hard for me not to think about Black Panther through the visor of the Scissor-Kendrick Lamar controversy about them stealing the visuals for their music video, All the Stars. Okay. <laughs> I'm don't sorry. Be, I'm so toxic and negative. I don't care. Oh, no, me too, me too. I'm just gonna look the other way. you can look the other way. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't think Scissor can do much wrong. She can't do much wrong. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, an ap-
0: I'm a Scissor apologist for all of that. I mean, it's not really my place at all, but I am. Um, but... Beanie Fieldstein, Andre. Mm. Beanie Fieldstein, sister of Jonah Hill and dominating the scene in Booksmart. Mm -hmm. In Booksmart, there was famously, she has a little musical moment and uh, the guy that she falls in love with says that he's going to make all of his money out of producing new musicals because the generation demands it and needs it and deserves it. Uh, what's what her news? about Bernie?
2: What about. Well, you tell me. It says here Jack News, but Richard Linklitter, director of School of Rock Boyhood and also Everything Jack Black, is going to make a musical for 20 years starring Beanie uh, about a band that uh, is seminal.
0: I don't know the band. No, do I. We, <laughs> so we just really, know the beanies in it. And we, we don't just care. Mean, yeah. and we'll, like,
2: <laughs> it's following in the vein of uh, the Boyhood sc- uh, filming, which went for about 10 years, which was starring Patricia Arquette.
0: I was going to say, is Patricia Arquette on board for this or is she just like totally over?
2: Okay, Patricia Arquette, every single film she's in, best mum movies there are, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> um. Patricia
0: Arquette, no one plays a mum like Patricia Arquette, no, honestly. She, nails
2: she played it. And she played it the fuck out of that mum in Boyhood. For, did it for 10 years. If <laughs> anyone
0: who hasn't like streamed the act, did you see the act this year about Munchausen that. by Proxy? Which is so... <laughs> right now <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
2: Um, and then take it over to Italy, Queen of Italy. Talk to me about the Venice Film Festival, which is happening right now.
0: Venice Film Festival, which is the nightmare sort of hellfire, Dante's Inferno of film festivals. Now that's the most sexist, like, willfully alt-right film festival in the world. I have a that, that it's the splendor in the
2: grass of film festivals, but that's that joke. not right. <laughs> you <wrote> that
0: joke.
2: <laughs> it's the second biggest film festival, I think. The second most important, if the biggest one was Cannes and it was big day out.
0: The film festival is being headed up by the jury by. Um, Um, Lucretia Martel, who's... uh, An
2: Argentinian director.
0: And um, she's sort of stepped away from completely excluding Roman Polanski, who's the... Famous pedophile director of everyone's favorite movie about mothers, *Rosemary's Baby*, but uh, she sort of stepped away to like lower the controversy because all the critics were so excited that he was on the lineup. Mm. But she just still didn't attend the gala, so mm. she's slowly shading him and showing in a soft way that she can use soft power to kind of get these people out of the system. She's
2: basically gone gone forward and said that she supports the film being in a festival because art is you know a standalone achievement and we should be celebrating art for what art is worth. But she's not ready to accept Roman Polanski she's and. Not- to attend forget a place where he's speaking. Yeah, and forget the things that he did in the seventies.
0: But Kristen Stewart looked bomb on the red carpet. Ah,
2: oh, tell me about it. And it makes me wonder: Is Charlie's Angels in the Venice Film Festival? Because if that's something that was put together at the last minute, I love it. Jack, chime in. I don't know.
0: I don't think it was. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it no, of it was course Jane it wasn't. C, Charlie's okay.
2: Angels would never be on a film festival <laughs> lineup. Okay, it's a blockbuster. And that is what's
0: wrong with the culture.
2: Get Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> A jury prize from Venice, uh, literally,
0: and that's progress.
2: And funnily enough, we uh, interviewed Jennifer Kent, director of The Nightingale, who was supposed to be on the Venice Film Festival lineup judging the films, but pulled out at the last minute. We assume because she, she says for family issues, but but know. we think her family is actually The Nightingale, and she just Maybe wants to work. because last year she
0: was the only woman on the lineup, and this year, and like they've apparently got a quota, <coughs> and they have now two women on the lineup. Oh,
2: yeah, well done! No well fans. Done. Done. So if anything, she's very politely stepped back.
0: Anyway, that's all the news we've got for you today, Maddie.
1: (laughs) Lots of news. Lots of film news today. Um, Are we going to do a review?
2: Two, even. Two. Famously, we do two reviews every week. Famously. Uh, This week, we are doing uh, Poe Season 2, which is an FX TV show by Ryan Murphy and Janet Marker. Seminal show, biggest transgender cast in the history of television. And Jen's going to review Amazing Grace and Aretha Franklin concert film.
1: Amazing. So that's coming up shortly. But up next, this is Girl Band with their track Going Norway. Girl band out of Dublin there with their track Going Norway. You're tuned into mornings on FBI Radio ninety four point five and we are here with movies, movies, movies. Jack and Andre.
0: That's right. Where are about to dive into some reviews, but before that, we're talking about our favourite movies with mums and mummies and smilfs and mothers.
2: We I mean, want you to do a text in what your favourite mum movie is, 0409945945. We just said off air that um, we all want to be we want to be milfs, but we don't know if we'll be able to get our shit together in time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, right now, we're going to hit milf money by Fergie. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, we need
2: you to text in uh, what your favourite mum movie is to win tickets to Angel of Mine, which is the new Kim Farrant film. We were just talking about our favourite mum movies and how... Obviously, you can't talk about mum movies without talking about Nicole Kidman,
0: Robert Hole, Birth,
2: and also Alison Janney in Juno, and also Jennifer Garner in both Juno and, and Love, Love Simon, Simon, which are films that are spiritually connected. And then we could get really nerdy and talk about Mummy by Darren Aronofsky, but uh, we also Mother, thought that, we also thought that <laughs> but Mummy, uh, but we also thought that Doubt was a really special and interesting woke choice for us to pick because yeah. um it has Viola Davis playing the most complicated mum of all time in the shortest role that was nominated for an Oscar. Nerds, we know. It's amazing <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> Text <laughs> in, y'all. <laughs> uh, any texts?
1: Any texts? We have had a couple. Oh. Kill Bill.
2: Oh, oh. iconic Beatrix. Best, Best mom. mom.
0: Oh, Kill Bill's a great film to watch before you go see The Nightingale this week. Truly, New truly. It's about a vengeful mother.
2: Okay, on that note, let's move into two <laughs> reviews.
3: One, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews.
1: So I just play yes. the thing straight after? Two reviews. I'm
3: going post. Two reviews.
2: Yo, yo, yo.
0: Ballroom is about to be more popular than Studio 54 ever was. We're about to go mainstream. Put away your glass slippers. Transirella. It ain't never gonna happen. All
3: on the charts and the word is out Ballroom is in
2: oh my god that was pose oh my gosh i just relived it all and it was beautiful uh today we're going to be talking about pose which is a tv series on fx by ryan murphy and a quote from the show the world doesn't change people change it because pose is a show about heroes and sheroes survivors and providers and we just finished its second season And it's crazy because from a first season that was literally not-for-profit rises 10 more episodes about one of the scariest moments in New York queer history, the 90s, because with mainstream visibility comes mainstream danger. After only a few episodes of season two, Pose was invited back for a third. No offence, Twin Peaks, but you took 25 years to make a season three, so watch and learn, rinse and repeat. This Janet Mock odyssey contains so much joy and pure brilliance, and continues to reign as exciting and forward-thinking television with narratives that aren't just fodder of stereotypes. Each episode is scary, confronting, as much as it is joyful, exciting. Basically nothing feels as wonderful as 60 minutes of Pose. Jen, you can vouch for that, I'm sure. It's church.
0: It's every Sunday. Have some dinner with your friends. Or watch mm. Pose together. Get life lessons you're not going to get anywhere else.
2: What's the name of the island? In the first episode of um Season 2 of Pose, two leads... Is uh, it v-
0: Riker's Island? It's,
2: I think it's Hart's Island. Oh, anyway, so wrong. Yeah. they visit an island in the Bronx, which is basically a cemetery for people who had died of AIDS. And they... Just True AIDS. story, they collected all the dead corpses package them up in wooden boxes and then bury them on this island away from New York mainland because they're worried that people will get contaminated. And Which that's what happens
0: f- in the same episode as they all go into a lion in the Catholic Church who's still preaching, like, don't wear condoms and, and then the next, basically practising worldwide genofi- genocide of queer people. And like,
2: then the next minute they're in a Vogue Ball, Baz Luhrmann level of theatricality, and it's just like, this show has so many ups and downs and twists and turns, and it's so political and on point and exciting and performative. All the while being super moving, and every episode ends with a quote, which I thought was going to be lame at first, but it really stuck with me at the end. I know
0: it's like if you watched Friends, but it was actually like Oprah Super Soul Sundays, and uh, they weren't just like wrapped up in privilege; like they mm. actually had to deal with shit in real life.
2: Okay, in a word, post season two. What do you think?
0: Oh, like eternal,
2: eternal, hmm, eternal and joyful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a huge, huge review. <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: gonna be back for season three as well. Thank God. Mm,
2: truly, truly, yeah. and now we have um Jen doing Amazing Grace.
1: Amazing Grace.
2: Oh. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> Amazing, Amazing Grace.
1: Grace. Teaser for Amazing Grace right here. <laughs> now the young lady that we've all been waiting to hear. She can sing anything. Anything. My sister is Aretha Franklin. Mm,
0: Some people are just better at channeling the consciousness that connects us to all things. And that's why when you watch Aretha Franklin, you feel like you're watching God and listening to God wherever she is. Uh, It's this soul-shaking catharsis from channeled vibrations. Amazing Grace is an ecstatic recording of two nights of gospel performance in 1972 for her community and for her family. It's homecoming without the production value, just cameras and mics in a room capturing a miracle. I know I'm a day late, but this is a primo Father's Day film. Aretha's dad's admiration for her will melt you. And I'm going to go there and say it, and it's very brave for me to do this on air. I think all of the Wizard of Oz bro religions are cooked. Fuck that Our Father Who Art in Heaven shaming BS. That being said, we all have to dive deep down into the spirit and find our faith in existence to cast out this pervasive, worldwide, toxic nihilism. And Amazing Grace is on a higher plane than other exploitative docs and biopics made by parasitic gossips who want to write history. It's about essential human experience
2: mm-hmm. and this film made me realize when i saw it how much my secular schooling has shaped me because i'm the kind of person who cringes and reels at the at the words jesus and holy spirit and god and god bless like whenever cardi b says that, i'm always like come on gal you're so much better than that but then what does they say about me what i'm getting at is that aretha is an entity in their yeah, own it's right like, what do you do
0: do you just like deny the fact that you are connected to a spirit and we're all like It's just the language. Like, we need to expand our vocabulary and move past these Mm. kind of patriarchal... Totally. I just like, yeah, of er, course. The Baptist church feels
2: very gendered. I just think that Aretha is... uh, It's so strange because it's shot in a Baptist church over two nights. And uh, and 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 you cry. You go and you cry and you can tell that... Obviously, Aretha is beyond a godlike presence because she just encapsulates She's just a person.
0: She's just channeling.
2: Okay, maybe I shouldn't, you know... But do you know what I mean? Like, she is godlike
0: because she is just, like, the perfect vessel for what everyone in the room needs to feel.
2: Mm. And a documentary made like no other because it's really not shot... It's sort of, like, beyond cinema verite in that it's not just showing things as they're happening, but it really is just showing every shitty detail. I mean, like, the camera will, yeah. like, fall over at one point and someone will just, like, throw a ball at the camera and someone would yeah, you know... Yeah, there's, like, is, towels, and... It's, towels like, being thrown, like, It's, like, watching a football match... focus, max, except, out of focus, max, ...except
0: uh, you're inside. It is. It's like, it's, like, the closest I can think about it is watching live sport, mm. except you're in a church and everyone's having, like, out-of-body experiences, including, like... We watched it on, like, a lazy Friday morning matinee showing in Melbourne... With like four older women who were like oh i don't know much about aretha franklin i can't wait to learn it's like you don't learn anything about her except the most essential thing which was that she was like a true artist
2: in a word i'm gonna say a super bowl Super Bowl. Done. Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I'm Every Woman. No, no, that's not. That's Shaggy Khan. Uh, <laughs> I think about Pose now. That's the <laughs> final song in Pose. Well, that's a well, well, Pose and Amazing Grace go so well together. My
2: favorite song by Aretha Franklin is uh, is Angel, and they didn't sing that. And yeah, I thought that it was, was. gospel a... song. I know, oh, but to wasn't... me, it's a song about an angel, not gospel, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> God, to, to quote a true artist, take me to church. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's enough.
0: (laughs) We're coming back. We've got an interview with Kim Farrant who gave us probably the best interview we've ever had on this show where Mm. we kind of deep-dived about spirituality. We'll release... The whole interview later on, but for this little section, we're gonna talk about the importance of exploring your kinks in a safe and consensual way.
2: And during this song, we want you guys to think about what your favorite mom movie is in order to win a double pass to go see Kim Farran's film Angel of Mine. Text 0409945945. Is that the number? That's the number. And <laughs> we'll read it out on air and tell us what your mommy movies are.
1: Amazing. This is Ada Leah with 180 Days. What's happening? Sydney. Sydney Spotlight
0: Today we're sharing with you an interview with Kim Farrant, the writer and director of the new film Angel of Mine, which stars Noomi Rapace, who is the Swedish star of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. She was in Prometheus. But for this film, she's really stripped it back and she said that she was kind of waiting for a film director like Kim Farrant to come along and allow her to be sort of ugly and emotional. I mean, they would do, in the longer interview, which we'll put on the podcast, they were talking about how she would get up at 3am and just, like, shake and dance to get to, like, a deeper part of her psyche for this role. And so we talked to Kim about safe spaces for actors to really go there, emotional aesthetics, and towards the end of the interview, we started talking about sort of kinks and dark spaces that are often shamed and hidden and why it's important to shine a light from sort of the safe space of cinema. So I'm really excited to share a little bit of that interview with you right now.
1: You sound kind of rude.
2: It's almost like if you don't um, release your demons, not that they're demons, but if you don't release it, it'll just lay dormant and you need to open open yourself up to them
3: so when you say the idea is that you have to follow them what i would say is if you're going to follow them and i i have nothing against following them then the the offering would be to do it in a healthy conscious way Mm -hmm. but when you do that kind of kink exploration and you you are inebriated or you're out of it then it doesn't hold any space for the emotional stuff that drives the kink as long as you bring awareness to it and you know and you consciously speak about this is what we're doing and this is what I'd like to explore Mm. and then you do something like debrief it and you hold a space for all the emotions that come up afterwards completely sober with things like eye contact Mm -hmm. and the space for any emotion that arises as a result of that exploration Mm. if you can do that and bring it up and talk about it which is why I try and make films that don't exclude Sexuality. I mean, it has to be a part of the story. It's not just to put it in there for no reason, but it's a part of life. It's a part of how we create life. Mm. So, you know, in the case of Angel of Mine, you know, this woman, because of her grief, has not been dating for seven years because she couldn't be intimate because all the feelings would arise when she'd be sexual or when mm. she'd even go on a date. And so she's had to avoid this thing. So, it's a very necessary part. But it's like, for me as an artist, I am I want to bring these things out of the shadows because when stuff exists only in that murky, subterranean aspect of our lives, behind closed doors and hidden, it breeds shame. You know, as Leonard Cohen says, the wound is where the light gets in. Put light there, then there actually can be a healthy transition into something that's, you know, more embodied and joyful and beautiful about people's shadows and their sexuality there's something in Numi Rapace and in Yvonne Strahovski's performance in Angel of Mine so exquisite about the depth of rage vulnerability anguish insecurity madness because it's it's exposed, it's seen, it's not in this horrible, you know, hidden, underground, rejected mm. part of themselves. So I was really celebrating those parts of ourselves, which most of us find untenable.
2: Thank you so much for saying this and for helping me articulate it, because what I think... I'm getting at and to combine all the points that we've covered the diving to the bottom of the sea as opposed to the surface Numi's preparations at 3am of just shaking the body discovering the shadows and creating a space to expose and let the light into the wounds it's a beautiful thing to create just a window that allows you to look in and also bring out as well
0: and yeah. thanks for being so real with us
3: oh you're so welcome yeah. well thanks for your Incredible question. Stop it. Love <laughs> it. No, I'm serious. We're, We're very nervous. Such a breath of fresh air.
0: Please oh. come back for the next one. I will. yeah. Thank, yeah. You.
2: Thank you so much, Thanks Kim. So much. <laughs> appreciate it. There we go.
0: Angel of Mine comes out this Thursday mm. in cinemas across Australia. Check it out in the first week because then the Australian filmmakers actually make money off it. Truly. Do we get any texting about mom movies or
1: one from Cienzo. Classic Cienzo. Super fan Cienzo.
0: Shout out to Cienzo.
1: Ooh, and Rosemary's Baby.
0: Rosemary's Baby mentioned on the show. Mm. Evil, sadistic film. Controversial film. Controversial film. But we love Mia Farrow. I'm a Mia Farrow stand. Mm. And I'll watch it for her. I'll watch it for her. Thanks for having us.
1: That's okay. Thanks for coming in. It's no worries. Fun. <laughs> i love hearing about some movie news. (laughs) Great movies.
0: Was that sarcastic? (laughs) No,
2: uh, I didn't mean
1: to come across as sarcastic. I get
0: nervous as summer comes. I'm like, we're irrelevant, we're irrelevant. In winter, I'm like, yeah, we got you. (laughs) No, I (laughs) reckon reckon
1: there's like a life hack is going into Dendi Newtown in the middle of summer because it's like air-conditioned primo mm-hmm. like you know
0: find the cheap days yeah, sneak exactly.
1: in through the back, use exactly. the toilets uh, yeah i reckon movies movies all year round
2: cute see oh, you guys next it. week see you guys <laughs> healthily next week
1: <laughs> thanks guys
3: this podcast is produced by fbi radio in sydney find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts